This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Okay, all right, here we are once again. So happy to be here with you. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast coming at you from podcast land, bringing you the rock and roll every single week. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, the one and only Chris Sinzak. What's going on, brother? You tired? You wore out? No, why would I be? I don't know. It's rockin' pod season. I know in all the years past, this was like the most stressful time of your life. Like, I watch you age before my eyes <laughs> in this time of the year. Oh, there's absolutely no stress at all. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that, man, because... What you've got going on here is pretty freaking awesome. You just sent me the poster, and it's got the list of not only all the awesome guests that are going to be there, but all the awesome podcasters that are going to be there. And it just renewed my excitement for the event. I know it's coming up and it's getting close, but you know you don't. I don't know. It's different for me because I'm not. I don't. Not, I don't think about it every single moment of every day like you do. <laughs> No, I ne- I hardly ever think about it. I've done like no work at all in the mm-hmm. last th- three, yeah. four months. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. I also got my master's in sarcasm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say because right now it's like between my work hours and your rock and pod stuff is like, well, you want to record on Saturday? No, that won't work for me. How about Sunday? No, that's not gonna work for me. Oh, uh, what about Monday? Oh, no, no, that ain't so good. Well, how about Tuesday? Mm, no, that ain't gonna. <laughs> <laughs> So we're actually recording this on a Wednesday night after pushing things back a couple of times. Yeah, we've kind of become a bi-weekly podcast with, thanks to both of our schedules. But yeah, uh, we're, we're trying. We are trying. Yeah, but no, it's 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 going it's going okay. I mean, there's just a lot. It, it this is the part of the year where it, you really start wrapping up a lot of the stuff. Um, but like the guest list is pretty much finalized, and um, you know now it's a lot of promotional stuff getting stuff printed just a lot of a lot of the boring part but gets pretty stressful too um but yeah we're getting there yeah excited just it's about a month away now and um but yeah most excitement we've ever had for it i'm i'm optimistic that it's going to go well and go smoothly and got a great team working with me on it this year and yeah i think it's going to be exciting it's definitely going to be awesome. I'm so excited. August 6th through the 8th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, we're talking about Rockin' Pod. In case you don't know, I think 99% of the people listening to this definitely know because a good percentage of those are coming to Nashville the 6th through the 8th, and they're going to hang out and have a good time with us rocking and rolling all weekend at Rockin' Pod. It's a whole weekend. We can't just do the one day. It's too much. We bring everybody to town. We party from the moment the planes hit the ground. When everybody rolls into town, when they get here, it's off to the party. We're going to have an awesome Friday night celebration to kick things off. Resist and Bite. Yeah, the band, we've been talking about them on here for at least a year now. This is Tommy Skeo from Tesla's brand new band, and they are killer. We're going to talk a little bit more about them on this episode this week when we get down to it but i want to tell you they're the headliners and we're doing rare hair again and if you don't know rare hair is our awesome friend tyson leslie he gathers up all these awesome rockers and gets them on stage in different configurations you don't know who's going to be playing with who or what they're going to be playing but it's legendary in the past we've seen all kinds of things that you would never see anywhere else I'm talking about like Michael Sweet doing Van Halen songs, stuff like that. Where else are you going to see it? Nowhere but Rockin' Pod pre-party. We've got that going on. Ron Keel is doing an acoustic set. And we also got Greg Mangus's band, awesome friend of the show, Rock United, is going to be busting out some tunes that night. I can spoil, I can give a little bit of a teaser of part of their set. Uh, we recently found out that Carmine Apiece is going to hop up with Rock United and do uh, a song from the Rod Stewart catalog. You're going to get to see Carmine up there rocking out an old Rod Stewart tune because you know he helped with those songs. He was a part of that stuff way back in the day classic legendary things you're going to see it at the pre-party you're never going to have the opportunity to see it anywhere else make sure you join us for that because then back to the hotel hopefully you're in the rock block with us you got your hotel through rockandpod.com you got the discount you're part of the group with us so we're all huddled up together inside the hotel so we all kick it back to the hotel maybe grab a couple of drinks at the bar 
head on up to our rooms, crash out for the night because the next morning we got to wake up, we got to be refreshed because it's time for Rock and Pod, the main event, the real deal, the convention. It's rock and roll fans hanging out with rock and roll stars, buying rock and roll stuff from rock and roll vendors, and having a rock and roll good time all day long. You want to see your favorite podcasters in action? I know we're not the only ones. There's a whole bunch coming to Rock and Pod. You want to see them in action doing their thing? You can hang out. Watch these guys create magical moments through their podcasts while they're talking to awesome dudes. We're going to have rock stars up on the stage telling kick-ass stories to people hanging out. Want to listen to it? It's great. You want to meet them afterwards, ask them a question, get something signed? You can do that too. It's all going down at Rock and Pod. You want to start a podcast? Great. Show up to Rock and Pod. There's educational tracks going on. We'll show you how to do it and how to do it well and get the most out of your podcast. You can learn all that at Rock and Pod. Plus, have an awesome, fun time. So then, Rock and Pod's over. What's going on? All kinds of parties. There's this thing going on over at the movie theater. They're going to be showing Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah, the old classic. And we got the comedians. We got Craig Gass. We got Courtney Cronin Dold. And we've got Don Jameson. are all going to be hanging out, checking out the movie with us, doing a little mystery science theater action with it, and making commentary live as we watch it. It's going to be kick ass. And then we're going to watch another movie. The greatest show on earth, and that's going to be badass too. So all kinds of cool stuff. Then what? There's the next day. There's stuff going on at SIR Studios, I think. Is that happening? Yeah, there's going to be Carmine and Vinny are each going to do a drum master class, and then uh, Aaron and I will most likely be interviewing them for a uh, like a hanging and banging rock history talk about their career. So cool, man. I'm so honored they asked us to do that. I'm very excited. And to get to spend time with all my awesome rock podcasting friends and all the cool rock stars, and hopefully you too. Well, not the band, you, the listener, also. <laughs> we don't want you too at Rock and Pod, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they'd sell a lot want, of tickets. <laughs> uh, whoever wants to come, I'm happy to have you, though, as long as you buy a ticket. You too, Bono, The Edge, you guys are invited as well. But we want the listeners to show up, our friends and our Decibel Geek family show up and have a good time with us. Check it all out right now, rockandpod.com. has got all your information. So, that's it. We told everybody about Rock and Pod. Let's see... If we have any reviews or recommendations, and I'm looking in the box of Magic Treasure, and it's empty. There's nothing in here. No reviews or recommendations this week. If you want to leave us one, obviously we need them, and we don't like to run out. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. It's nice, nice to be able to read them. You can give us a Facebook recommendation. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. And you can go to a cool site called Podchaser and review individual episodes. So, for example, if you liked last week's episode that we did when we talked about the best and the worst replacement singers in rock history, if you like that one a lot, you could actually review that episode. You know what? We ain't got no reviews, but we had a lot of people that shared last week's episode. Those people... There are Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Darren Parkin, Mike Stewart, Matt Ashcraft, Al Horta, John Phillips, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Simon Cad, Shay Hargett, Juan Deuce, Joseph Capone, David Glenn, Aaron Baker, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mike Parnell, J.J. McElhenney, Steve, Alan Deshawn, Alan Black, Tom Smoke, Eladio, J.J.P., Body of the Soul, Jay Shablewski, Doug Fox, Keith Rockford, Ernesto Aguiar, Hakan Bergstad, Kevin's on Fire, Vet Halen, Kristen Schimbeck, Rock and Ron Runyon, David Kathy, Scott Crouch, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, our Geeks of the Week. They went to our Facebook page. They found the pinned post of our episode. They shared it. They went to Twitter. They found the pinned post there. They retweeted it, and that's what made them Geeks of the Week. If you want to be an honorary Geek of the Week and have your name read at the top of the show, it's as simple as that. Find those posts, share it, retweet it. And we'll read your name because we like to. Yep. So, uh, ready to do some new noise? Yeah, that's what we're doing today. We're busting out the noise and the news at the same time. Let's do it. What do we got? Well, the first story and like the first couple stories we're going to go over came in just today as we're recording these. And this headline grabbed me quite literally. Uh, Graham Bonnet claims Ingve Malmsteen tried to strangle him nearly four decades ago. That doesn't seem like that much of a stretch, you know. I, I 
can believe that. <laughs> yeah, it says um, in a new interview with Jeff Godwussi from MisplacedStraws.com, Graham Bonnet said, Ingve uh, had to go. We just had a battle which was not very good. I wished he could stay, but this kid, he grew into a monster, but a fucking great guitar player, no doubt. One night I walked off stage when it was time for his guitar solo, and I walked off stage and I tripped over his cord and I pulled it out of the fucking amplifier. And he thought I did it on purpose. <laughs> I went to the bus and I was sitting there talking to the bus driver, and Ingve runs in, gets me by the neck, does this, makes a choking motion. Pushes his thumbs right into my throat. He says, you fucking asshole in the middle of my solo, you unplugged me. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't know. I literally, I really didn't know what I'd done. What happened was one of our crew saw this happening, saw Ingve was trying, Ingve was trying to kill my voice. Basically he dug his thumb right in, right in here. I was choking Dang. and this Hungarian guy who was big. And one of my close friends back then came up and said, Ingve, he got Ingve under his arm like this makes a headlock. And he said, you fucking touch Graham again. I'm going to break your fucking neck. And that night, I remember we were driving home in the bus back to L.A. and we fired Ingve on the tour bus because you can't do that. You can't strangle the singer. So that was the end of Ingve. Wow. Wow. Ooh. That's crazy. You know, we, when we talked to Ron Keel about Ingve, it was like Graham Bonnet was his guy. You know, that was his yep. hero. That's who he wanted to play with more than anybody, you know, and. Yeah, don't mess with Ingve's guitar solo is the lesson there. <laughs> I can see why he wants to sing on his own, because Jesus. Yeah, and um, then to go for that'd be like if you were mad at Ingve and tried to break his fingers, you know? Yeah, that's a crazy story. I never heard that before. Yeah, that's wild, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's Ingve we're talking about here. Some serious anger management problems. Yeah. Oh, geez. Which is kind of a callback to last week because we just talked about Ingve and his newfound lead vocalist himself. Himself, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of good yeah. feedback on last week's episode. I think the reoccurring theme that I read was they weren't angry, but the Sammy Hagar fans were a little disappointed. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned him because he's part of our next story. Yeah, that's my segue. How you like that? Yeah. Well, I'll try to make it sound natural. <laughs> Way to break the fourth wall, Aaron. <laughs> sure, All right. I know these things ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the, a, lot of, a lot of show prep went into this one, as you can tell. Um, Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So Sammy Hagar, the headline, Sammy Hagar says, David Lee Roth's voice hasn't aged well, believes Roth is not honest about his image and his performance. Yeah, Sammy says some kind of weird things about David Lee Roth on this, you know, and like just says what a, basically he calls him out as being a phony, you know, and yeah. talks about, you know, when I do music, I do it to uplift people and touch lives and this and that. And Dave don't care about, you know, touching people's lives, but that's kind of hard to say too, because I mean, obviously he cares, you know, and he tries, he puts his best effort forward. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I'm reading through this now as we're talking about it and, and that you, that's a good summation of what he said. And, and, you know, said that uh, Roth's onstage persona is totally bullshit. Um, and this is just, I don't know, this is one of those things where I think David Lee Roth lives in Sammy Hagar's head rent-free. And it's... Yeah, yeah. I it's just, that. it's. I mean, I, I. it's like at this point, it's like, why are the gloves, why do the gloves have to come off again now that Eddie's dead? Can't you, I mean, I wish they would just shut up about each other. Well, and that's the funny thing about it. Basically, the whole interview is him you know, calling Dave a phony and talking about how, you know, his way of doing things is so much better than Dave's. And then at the end he goes, but, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to tarnish Eddie's legacy by doing this. So to be able to honor Eddie, you have to be able to honor the past. And that means David Lee Roth too. It's like, so talk shit, talk shit, talk shit. And then at the end be yeah. like, but I don't really want to talk shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's like when somebody starts off saying not to insult you, but yeah, which exactly. basically means I'm going to insult you. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing that bothers me about this is cause there's part in here where he talks about how like, yeah. Cause he says like everything that Dave does is an image putting on a show he goes back home, goes in his house. He's a whole different guy. Nothing to do with that guy. He's not honest about his image and his performance. Well, I'm sorry, but, I mean, Sammy, have you heard of Gene Simmons, Alice Cooper? Right. I mean, does that mean that they're wrong for what they do as a as an entertainer? It's like not everybody has to be, you know, everybody's best buddy that I have beers with. That's fine if Sam wants to do that. Sure. But 
some entertainers want to be on a different level than the general public, and that's what makes them special, and that's the way Dave is. Yes, totally. You know, you wouldn't expect David Lee Roth to go home and be David Lee Roth on stage guy, you know. Not at this stage in the game anyway. You know, at one time, that was probably different. But, you know, like you said, Alice Cooper, I mean, you can't be Alice Cooper, the guy on stage 24-7. You know, you'll go to prison. You know, same with being a member of KISS. You know, Gene Simmons walking around being the demon all the time. Oh, God, people would hate him worse than they do now. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I wish Sammy would just let it go. But then there's a certain level to that that says if you didn't care, you wouldn't, you know, elevate that stage persona so much to give the people something extra special, you know, instead of just being a, a dude sitting on a stool with an acoustic guitar, which, you know, whatever, nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with the other way either, I don't think. Well, and Sammy's going off about how Dave's, you know, an, an egotistical asshole and all this stuff, and it's like, I mean, if you want to model yourself as the nice guy compared to David Lee Roth, I don't know that too many people would argue with that. I have a feeling in business, Sammy's probably less cutthroat than David is. But as far I, I mean, have you really heard of any fan action interactions with David Lee Roth that are bad? I haven't really heard anything like that where he's like a prick to the fans or anything. No, uh-uh, me neither. So it's like, I mean, all this boils down to is... Sammy wanted to be friends with Dave when they toured together. Dave didn't want to be friends with Sammy, and Sammy is still butthurt over it, and he's also butthurt over the fact that most people like Van Halen with Roth better than Hagar. Yeah, I guess he probably heard last week's episode. <laughs> said, I got to get a, get me an interview right now. I got something to say about those guys. Number one, worst of all time, come on. Wow. Well. And as far as, I mean, as far as his criticism on Dave's voice, I'll agree with him that Dave doesn't sound great these days. So, you know, but, you know, at the same time, is it, what is it that all you, this phrase, you, you taught me this phrase years ago, and I'm sure it's an old phrase, but I, I didn't hear it until you said it. it was basically something like uh, blowing somebody else's candle out doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's kind of a, an example of that where I don't really hear, David Lee Ross say much negative stuff about Sammy these days. It seems to be pretty one-sided. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. That's why I just assumed he must have listened to last week's episode. <laughs> you keep on thinking that. I'm mad, and I got something to say about it. That David Lee Ross so, ain't so great. You decibel geeks, you. So K.K. Downing uh, says that Judas Priest threatened him with legal action over his new band K.K. Priest's name. Yeah, I kind of wondered that when K.K. Priest first kind of got announced. I was like, hmm, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, Ace Fraley and Peter Chris could have went and started a band called, you know, Other Kisses or something like that, you know, or they did the Bad Boys A Kiss tour, but they didn't start a band and sell T-shirts and albums and stuff like that. Right. I think Kiss would have put a quick end to it if they had. And I wondered if Priest was going to let him slide with that or if they were going to do something. I don't know. I mean, I, can you really? I don't think they have a handle on the word Priest, so I don't know how you can really do anything about it. You know, I, I think there was just a, a threat. I don't think they could really follow through with it. Unless, you know, you all you'd have to do is prove that you look, you know, look, this guy was in Judas Priest and his name is KK, and now he started a band called KK Priest. You know, yeah, so but, there is your connection. This isn't just some random word that, you know, two different entities are trying to use. There's a real connection there. Yeah, but I don't think there's enough of an argument there. I just I don't think so know. either. Nobody's going to see KK Priest up on a billboard and think, "Oh, it's Judas Priest playing here tonight." Right. Yeah, it's there's not enough there to win a win a legal battle over, I don't think. Judas Priest is playing this club tonight. <laughs> it's not the same as the L.A. Guns thing. That was two bands calling themselves the same thing, you know. If he would have came out and even said, you know, KK's Judas Priest, that would have been a problem, I think. That's an ar- You at least have an argument there, but yeah. just KK's Priest, who cares? It's weird that they would do that. Who cares, you know? Nobody's going to mix up the two. I don't, I don't really even like the name KK's Priest. He could have called it so many things that would have been better. Yeah, but again, it goes back to that name recognition, that brand, you know. He's got to attach himself to Priest because he's K.K. Downing, and who's his target audience? Priest fans. Right. 
So in that, in that instance, it kind of gives credence to Judas Priest going, hey, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Have you heard any of the material that they put out? I have heard, I don't know if it was a video or if it was something I listened to that came up on my phone one day. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's him trying to do the kind of the painkiller jugulator sound. You know, the 90s, early 90s priest is what it kind of sounds like to me, which is fine. But I just, I had, you know, because initially Les Binks, the dr- drummer from back in the old days, was going to be attached to this. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was, I got excited that they were going to do maybe like a stained class era type sound. And that's what I was hoping for. But uh, that would have been cool. But I guess getting, you know, getting Ripper in the band, they wanted to go with something, go balls to the wall and make it really, really, which is fine for what it's it heavy, is. It's heavy, for sure. But to me, I love that late 70s pre-stuff. I was hoping more for that. But yeah. That's, that's just my thought. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the record. I mean, Ripper sounds like like Ripper. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I dug it. Thought it was pretty cool. Cool deal. All right. So next story. Um, this is some sad news. Uh, Kicks guitarist Ronnie Yunkins or Yunkins is uh, under house arrest and can't tour right now. Yeah, I saw that. This guy seems to have a lot of trouble staying out of trouble. Yeah. A lot of drug problems. I read a story that I think Steve Whiteman was getting interviewed and they were like, you know, we're all ready to go on stage and we're going to do a show and Ronnie doesn't show up. And then all of a sudden you got Brian up there trying to do both parts. You know, he's got to play rhythm and lead, you know, so that poor guy, he thinks, all right, this could be a fun, easy night. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you got to play everything. And I feel bad for him, man. That's got to suck. Yeah, that's. It's a sad situation, and from what I've gathered, he's you know he's gone through this for years. Yeah. It, it just goes back and forth where he'll do fine for a while, then he gets on the road, and then the road catches up with him, and he starts making bad decisions again. And, and I guess that it's so bad this time that he's under house arrest because he kept getting in trouble with the law, so he yeah. can't even leave his house to tour, which is really sad. But, and that's um, what they said in that interview, too, was that like they had this other guitar player on standby, because he was getting pretty unreliable, but then he would come back and, you know, be great, you know, and be the guy they all want needed him to be, and no problem. So they go, okay, dude, you know, just sit back, and I guess things are going to be okay. But now this time they ain't got no choice because he's locked down and he can't go nowhere, and so they brought in the dude that's kind of been waiting in the wings for the opportunity. So I'm sure this guy's going to knock it out of the park and do the best he can, and you know, that's got to be good news for Brian. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that Ronnie was in the band when we saw them at Farm Rock. What, wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. And they were, God, the kicks is so good live. So good. If, you, if, if you've never seen them live, they will they will blow you away So live. much fun, man. Oh, I love that band live. It's a party. Yeah. Um, speaking of a party band, uh, Nirvana. <laughs> oh, yeah. The kings of the party. The life of yeah. the party, Nirvana. So this is... Uh, this just shows you that there's that those of us that like deep cuts and obscure stuff are a rare breed because Nirvana's "Smells Like Teen Spirit" has surpassed one billion streams on Spotify. Wow, that's crazy! That song, man, so popular. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. There's, I mean, it's okay. It's you know, it's got a catchy riff. It's a bouncy song. It's rock. You know, it's got the drums and the bass and the guitar. It's cool. It's an all right song, you know, but to be so freaking popular well it's uh and i think a lot of that is it's it just it's like a signpost of that generation so you know it just a lot of people go right back to middle and high school when they hear it and i guess i mean it's it's a legendary song but to me i mean if it ever comes on the radio i immediately change the channel yeah I, I, i can never i am so done there's certain songs where and it's not that I'm saying it's a bad song. It's just I am so burnt on it yeah. that I, I never need to hear it once again. I mean, I, as even as a Kiss fan, I don't need to hear rock and roll all night. At least, I want to hear it live if I, if I go to a show. But you know, on the radio or you know, on my shuffle or whatever, I never need to hear that song again. But no. um, and then uh, the, the other one that comes immediately to mind is uh, "Under the Bridge" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never ever need to hear those songs. I wish I had again. a dollar for every time I've heard those songs in my life. But that's the thing, too, you know, and you talk about kind of like, you know, rock elitist a little bit, but the kind of people that we are and the kind of people that listen to a show like this were very unique in the way that it's just the song. It's not like the whole album 
just surpassed 1 billion streams on Spotify. It's just the one song. And so what that tells me is even back in the 90s when that was popular, those people weren't listening to the whole album. They just listened <laughs> to the one song, you know. Why? Yep. Because he likes it and she likes it and they like it and this person likes it and I want to be like these people, so I got to like it too. But, uh, but yeah, no, congratulations to Nirvana. I'm sure they're going to enjoy uh, their check for $125 when it comes in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One billion streams. That's $152. Hey, I can buy a cup of coffee now. Yay. But yeah, that's, uh, I couldn't help but mention it, though, because, that I mean, a billion, a billion streams. That's, that's pretty wild. amazing. All right, so... Uh, couple stories that are connected here. First one, some more sad news. Uh, Ex-Skid Row singer Johnny Solinger passed away this yeah, week. Yeah, I saw that, man. That sucks bad. Yeah. Um, I guess he had gone into liver failure uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I saw that he had posted a GoFundMe, and, but like it sounded like it was not good because he was like saying he needed money for palliative care, which basically is end-of-life end of care, like a hospice. Yeah. And, uh, so I think he knew it was coming, but... Uh, yeah, really sad. Um, I never. Well, actually, I did get to see him live with them when they uh, opened for Kiss on the Farewell Tour. Did you ever see them live with Johnny? Sure did. Yeah, got yeah. to see them live. I think a couple of times with Johnny Solinger singing, and he was great, man. I liked it. I liked the albums that they did with him. I thought they were great. They're totally unsung. Nobody ever talks about the Solinger era of Skid Row, but no. if you've never listened to those albums, Revolutions Per Minute and uh, Thick Skin. Thick Skin. Check them out, man. If you were a fan of Skid Row, then there's nothing about those albums that you shouldn't like. I think they did a good job when they chose him because, like we talked about last week, he could do the old Skid Row songs, and he had a hand in creating the new stuff, too, so he was really good. Was the reason he left Skid Row, was it because of health issues? No. Um, I think it was personal issues. I just think um, uh, Skid Row's bassist confirmed that Solinger was kicked out of the band contradicting the singer's claim that he decided to leave Skid Row to pursue a solo career. Ask what led to Solinger's departure, Rachel said. It was evident there were certain things going on out on the road that kind of set us thinking things uh, had been going down for a little bit, and, you know, I'm not here to say anything bad about the guy. At certain times, you just get the feeling someone isn't putting 100% into things, and Skid Row is very important to the rest of us, and we wanted to carry on with quality performances and quality songs, so we decided to make a change. So... I mean, if you read between the lines, sounds like Johnny probably got a little out offhand with his partying when he was on the road. Yeah. So, and and as we know from meeting Rachel, and I'm sure Snake's the same way, they don't uh, they don't tolerate much of anything. No, anyway. because if they were going to deal with bullshit, they could just go get Sebastian Bach back. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you gotta you gotta walk the line if you're in that. Band, yeah. I'm sure. But still, a damn shame. Damn shame that, you know, 55 years old, man, that's way yeah. too young. Yeah, and I've heard nothing but good, you know, been a lot of tributes pouring out since he yeah. died this week, and um, nothing but good things said about him. But uh, speaking of things being said about him, I, I have to touch on this because uh, Sebastian Bach has made a statement about uh, Johnny passing away. Oh, boy, and, I haven't even seen this. Oh, you haven't? No. And uh, there's a lot of people are not happy about it. Oh, and I'm kind boy. of the, I, I can just imagine I'm kind of a, it, well. It's one of the it's one of those backhanded tributes. So I'll just read it to you. Okay. And you, you'll be able to tell right away where something's wrong here. It says uh, my condolences to the family and friends of Johnny Solinger, the singer who replaced Sean McCabe in Skid Row. And he says only contact I had was back in 1991 or so, years before I was kicked out in 1996. Awkward to wake up to headlines: Skid Row singer dies using a pic of me. Sorry to hear. That's stirring tribute. Why? Okay, whatever, Spash. You're so strange, dude. He says he replaced the guy that Spash and Bach replaced? Yes. So well, what is he that said like? That, basically, he's saying I'm irreplaceable? So No, no, no. No, it's he's it's a backhanded insult because he's saying my condolences to John, friends and family of Johnny who replaced Sean McCabe and Skid Row. So who was Sean McCabe, the original singer? No. Bach got fired from the band and then skid row stopped being a band for a while and started a bit then rachel and snake started ozone monday right. with a guy named sean mccabe that was the singer okay 
And then they started Skid Row back up with Johnny Solinger. So Sean McCabe was never the singer for Skid Row. So you're just going to make up something dumb just to avoid saying the guy who replaced me in Skid Row? Yeah. Just because you can't can't bring yourself to say the guy who replaced me in Skid Row. Exactly. Like your ego is so much or so little that you can't even say the words. And it doesn't even matter at this point anymore because neither one of them were in the band. And it's common mm-hmm. knowledge that Johnny Solinger replaced Sebastian Bach in Skid Row. Right, because Ozone, Ozone Monday was a completely different band. And oh, like, and, boy. And, it's just, and then the whole thing with, you know, talking about waking up to headlines, Skid Row singers die, dies using a pick of me, that, that didn't happen. No, I didn't, didn't see that happen. anywhere. Anything I saw, saw it had a picture of Johnny on it. No, he just has to find a way to inject himself into the fucking story. <sighs> You know, my wife said the sweetest thing to me the other day, you know, and she's a huge Sebastian Bach fan, mainly because, you know, she she knew him from when he was young and, and sexy and all the girls were crazy about him and kind of carried that with her into adulthood, you know, with me being into rock music and loving the band Skid Row and stuff. And uh, she says to me the other day, you know, that's Sebastian Bach. He's a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know, honey, I know. <laughs> Even she recognizes it. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a dick, yeah. and I, I just I don't like him. Um, but yeah, it just way to inject. It, I'm starting to feel like about him the way I do about Eddie Trunk saying that everyone's his friend. You know, it's like enough already. Yeah. So, hmm. but uh, Johnny Solinger, rest in peace, and yes. thanks for the music. Yes, go check out those albums, people. I promise they're awesome. All right, next story. Uh, Tony Iommi says that the original tapes for Black Sabbath's Born Again album have actually been found, and he's thinking of remixing it. Really? Yep. That would be interesting. I wonder what he'd change about it. Says uh, in a new interview with Michael Valentin of the French newspaper La Parisienne to promote the reissue, because they just reissued Sabotage on LP. Yeah. Um, He spoke about his plan to release deluxe versions of other albums, and he said that... love it. There should be a box set from the Tony Martin era. Um, and then he said, uh, I'm also thinking of remixing the album Born Again, the one with Ian Gillen, now that we have found the original tapes. That's cool, man. You know, it, I always, it makes me sad when I hear the stories about like the warehouse that burnt down and, you know, destroyed all the original tapes. You can't never do nothing with it. And then to hear a story about Black Sabbath of all bands finding original tapes. You know, this warms my heart and overjoys me. And I know this is an album that you hate, so maybe they can fix it to where you'd like it. If they get somebody else to sing on it, I'm on board. (laughs) That'll piss somebody off, I'm sure. You don't like Purple Sabbath? Uh, I just... Well, my biggest gripe on it is the production on it because yeah. it's it, it's you can tell that it's mixed by a bunch of guys that were on a cocaine bender. It's um, kind of like the unmasked of Black Sabbath. It really is. Yeah. It doesn't sound good, but I don't know. I'm open minded. I'll give it a shot. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear it because that is one of the things that I always kind of I like the album, but it's not. You know, it doesn't blow me away, and I think it is kind of slick for a Sabbath album, but. You know, those were strange times for that band. With this album, though, there's there's certain people in the rock and metal world that I think love to claim that they're a fan of this album just because it's it's it seems cool to like this album. I'm not saying that everyone's that way, but I think there's some people that like, oh, that album got panned, so I'm going to say it's cool. I don't know. I I got into it with my uncle Bruce when I got it from him when I was little. Got his album, you know, picked it because it was crazy looking, and then I always liked it. I didn't hate it. Not like you. I just don't like it. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear from Rob Kern now because he hated when I brought it up on that episode he guessed it on. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he loves that record. I'm like, how can you love that yeah, record? I don't know about love it, but it ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you want to do a little bit of Kiss news? Sure, why not? We don't never talk about Kiss. We're going to save the documentary talk for our live stream yeah, this Friday. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's the first thing. You know, the, the A&E documentary was on the other night, and everybody watched it, and we would love to talk about it, but we're holding off until Friday Night Live this week, so I'm 
banking on that I get this to you finished and edited before Friday Night Live. So here's your preview. We're talking about Kiss on Friday night. we got a special guest coming on with us from the early days that's going to give us all kinds of cool insight, not only into the hottest band in the land, but also into the documentary we all saw the other night. So we're going to be talking all about Kiss and that on Friday night, but we've got to do a little Kiss talk, right? Yeah, this seemed really interesting, and uh, I mentioned tr- I kind of made fun of Trunk the other a minute ago, but uh, I was actually listening to a show the other day because he had John Five on the show, and um, I'm always interested to hear what John Five has to say because John Five's a big Kiss nerd, and I love his playing and everything. Yeah, and uh, he was he was talking about his new out. Al- he's got an album called called Center coming out. Um, I think in November, October, or November, uh, actually coming out Halloween, I think. And um, Peter Chris is gonna is guest drumming on this record for uh, a cover of the old classic Georgia on my mind. Wow. Yeah. I read about that, man. That's really cool, man. I love it. John five is always the guy that always gave me hope that maybe someday Peter Chris could come back and do a rock album. But yeah, he said on the interview thing that Peter Chris nailed it like right away. Like, okay, that was great. What do we do now? (laughs) You, you, You hit it. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I um, I, I mean, I'd be getting the album anyway because I usually get anything John puts out. But yeah, yeah that's a it's a, it's like a jazzy version of George on my mind. So it's probably kind of a lounge ballad sound. But uh, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, I know Eddie Trunkwitz pushed him. He said, and he didn't sing on it. And he's like, well, no, it's going to be an instrumental album. That <laughs> Eddie Trunk is like, when you get off the phone with me, call it Peter Chris and say you want to record a version with him singing on it. So that actually might be coming because oh, Eddie be was cool. really really stern about it's like you should get him to sing on that that's perfect for him yeah i guess so what is that the old like country song or you know the old ray charles oh ray charles okay yeah georgia yeah Yeah, that would work for peter chris wouldn't it yeah i think he'd be great on it i'm not gonna sing any more of that a because i suck at singing and b we'd have to pay a copyright That's all you get. You get one line. Tune in to Decibel Geek Podcast, where you can hear Chris Sinzak crooning some old Ray Charles. Yeah, until it gets a copyright strike and taken down. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, maybe we can hope for Peter Chris to bring his crooning ways back to the John 5 album. Yeah, that should be pretty cool. Wasn't there talk one time that John 5 and Peter Chris actually were working on a rock album for him? Yeah, I mean, supposedly it's finished, and John Five plays on the whole thing. Then why don't it come out? I have no idea. What would be the holdup on something like that if the album's done and ready to go? I really don't know. I don't. It may be. I think I did hear that Peter was so hurt by the bad sales of One for All that he was kind of like, ah, I'm not going to put anything else out. Yeah, but Pete, if you're listening to this, don't take that as your your marker on that because times are different now. You know, you were releasing a weird, obscure CD in a time where nobody was really giving two shits about CDs. It's different now. You can get you 150 bucks on Spotify for your album now. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, although you know, Devin and Baco, thanks to us with that poll thing on their show, yeah. we uh, we might have ruined any chance of that happening. Yeah. I felt so bad for those guys. I listened to that episode and like when they were counting it down and I was like, oh no, Peter Chris is going to win this thing. I know it. You know, there's nothing worse out there. You know, there's never been more of a letdown in rock history, I think. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You know, don't blame the record sales on that one, Peter. Blame yourself. (laughs) For real. All right. I think we're covering the news pretty good so far. We got anything else? Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, this the next one is um, Black Crow's news. I know we don't really cover them a lot on here, but we did do a whole episode on them. True. Yeah, it's a pretty good one too. I think the heavier side of the Black Crows. It was fun. Yeah, there's. Uh, this is one of the funniest headlines I've seen in a while. It says the Black Crow's Rich Robinson says that Steve Gorman was an incredibly negative and manipulative force in the band. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what he's known for. This is the exact opposite of what Steve Gorman says in his book. <laughs> yeah, and pretty much anybody I've ever else talked to about the Black Crows would always tell you, yeah, he was always the level guy in the band. It was the chaos going on around him at all times. Yeah, it's um, you're going to find a lot more people that back up Steve's side of this than you will the Ro- Brothers Robinson on this one. Yeah, I believe that. 
Yeah, those guys are a little unstable, as they've shown over the years, you know. But, I mean, it's cool that they're back together. I thought, hey, that's great. But then that Gorman's not a part of it. I thought, well, that's pretty lame. Yeah, it says, uh, Rich said, Steve was one of the incredibly negative and manipulative forces in the band that we really didn't want to deal with. In order to get back, we really had to do this very specific purge where we focus on the two of us and let this be something that will be positive. Now, the real truth behind this is they didn't want to pay Steve they Gorman. They didn't want to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> they could just find a drummer that could play his parts and pay him a fraction of what they would pay Gorman. And they probably balanced it out and said, look, if he's not a part of it, is that going to deter people from coming? Well, as we just saw, Nirvana's song goes over a billion Spotify downloads. No, most people aren't going to care. Yeah. We care, but most people don't. I would have respected Rich Robinson more if he'd just come out and said, did you see Steve's book? Do you really think we want to work with him after he trashed yeah, us in his book? Yeah, just be yeah. honest. That's what it's about. You don't want to pay him, and you're pissed off at what he said about you in his book. Yeah, I can imagine so, because, I mean, Gorman really laid it out in that book. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best rock biographies ever. Yeah, he didn't pull any punches at all. Yeah. that's I, I laughed so hard when I saw that headline. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure, guys. Sure. Yeah. So to wrap things up today, um, we've got a story on Resistant Bite, some news on them. Uh, they have a new music video and a new single out. It's awesome. The song's called Fate. It's out there on the YouTube right now. As soon as we're done today, I highly recommend you check it out. The video's awesome. The song is killer, and I cannot wait to see these guys at Rock and Pod. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And um, yeah, you know, so now we've got two new songs from them that we've heard. They're also going to do a handful of Tesla songs at the pre party concert. So nice. it's going to be. It's going to be cool to hear some of the songs we haven't heard yet, too. So if I know anything about Tommy Skio, if they're playing some Tesla songs, I pretty much guarantee you it's going to be the heavier side of Tesla. Yeah. That night. I want to hear some psychotic supper material for sure. Man, I'm looking forward to that. And these guys, man, what a great band. Like you said, we've heard two songs already. They're both just killer. The new one, like I said, it's called Fate. It's available to check out right now. It's got a really cool video, but, man, the song is what really blew me away is how good it is. Man, their singer is just kick-ass. Mm -hmm. The band, man, the drums sound just stellar on this new song. And everything about it is what I love about rock music. So, yeah, resist and bite people. Get excited because rock and roll is definitely alive and well in 2021, and this band is one of the many that are out there proving it. You want to play the new Resist and Bite song on the way out? We should definitely play it on the way out. So then you can go check out the video after you go, holy shit, these guys are right. This song is killer. But I guess before we wrap up, we should give the updates on everybody. You know, we haven't really had a chance on the show to talk about Gary Corbett. If you follow us on the socials, you know what's going on. But Gary had a problem, man, a bad problem, you know, and he landed himself in the hospital and people gathered together. They put together a GoFundMe. Our friend Tyson Leslie did that. Uh, Ron Jones from the Let It Rip podcast. Did I say it right this time? You did. <laughs> I did say it right this time. See, Ron, I do love you. <laughs> and he got a hold of us, and we've been talking to Gary's sister, Mindy, who is just the sweetest, nicest lady you'd ever want to meet. And everybody's just showing so much love for Gary. The GoFundMe took off like a rocket. And you know what? To see the outpouring and love for that guy, it just warms my heart. And the last word is, is that we talked to Mindy and she told us that he had cancer in his lung and that it had gone to his brain mm -hmm. and that's not good. But then we just got the word today that after his treatments that he has gone through already, the tumor in his brain that they thought was there, it's gone now. Yeah. One step closer to Gary Corby getting better. But, man, he still needs our help. That GoFundMe is still out there. Yes. If you want to contribute, even a buck, you know, Anything. who cares? Everything adds up and everything helps. You know, help us help out Gary Corbett. You know him. We love him. He's a great friend of the show. We make up excuses just to have him back on. We've come up with new concepts. So like, how can we have Gary back on? We've talked about this and we've talked about that. Let's make up a reason to have Gary come back on. <laughs> I know. We're eventually going to do the heavier side of Debbie Gibson just to have him on since he played with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Craig Smith the, will love that one. The greatest keyboard riffs of Cindy Lauper. Right, exactly. 
but no, it's um, please. Yeah. Please donate to the GoFundMe. And one thing I have noticed, I want to say this, uh, I, you know, some people in the comments section and it's a valid point you want to make where they're like, well, Gene and Paul could like fill this GoFundMe with no, with a snap of their fingers. Yeah, that's fine. But let's not wait around for Gene and Paul to do this guys. Let's throw in some money and help Gary out here. Yeah. And a lot of people have already done that and man, our hats off to you. If you have, Thank you so much for what you're doing to help our friend Gary. You know, he's a friend of yours because he's a friend of rock. And for us to be able to get together and help him out, man, I know it means the world to him and his family, and it means the world to us as well. So, yeah, look him up on the GoFundMe, Gary Corbett, and toss him a few bucks if you can. I know if if you're a KISS fan, you know, this guy helped bring a little joy on that Hot in the Shade tour. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can help him out too. Yeah. Got to update Rock and Ron, too, man. Our good friend, our awesome dude that runs Decibel Geek TV for us. You know, he's got some stuff going on as well, man. When it rains, it pours sometimes. I know. And, you know, we all been hoping and praying the best for Rock and Ron. You know, he joins us on Friday nights for Friday Night Live. Odds are he's not going to be joining us this Friday night because he's got some treatments of his own going on, you know, and everybody's rallied around him as well, you know. it. It makes me feel so good, this community that we've helped create, you know, to make people friends all over the world with fellow rock and rollers. And so many people love rock and Ron. I knew that first time when he came on and we did Beat the Geek, I said to myself, this guy is a star. <laughs> and I was right. People love rock and Ron, you know. So thank you to everybody sending well wishes for Ron. We, Ron, if you're listening to this, brother, we love you. And we're all in your corner, baby. We want to see you get better, too. Absolutely. You and Gary Corbett, man, we want to see you both turn this around. And we can't wait to have you guys on the show when it's all said and done because we can talk about it because you guys can be rock and roll inspirations to other people that have health issues, to stuff to go through, and proof that the power of rock and roll and the power of love and friendship can carry you through times like this. Really? You know, And, you know, we love you guys a lot, and we're praying for you, everybody. Loves Rock and Ron. Everybody loves Gary Corbett. Let's do what we can to keep showing these guys the love and get them back in fighting shape and get them back on the show with us. Yeah, and I and I've said to Ron before on I've commented on his post, and it's true, the way he's handled this, the the spirit in which he's gotten through all this and stayed positive. Ron's my fucking hero, man. I I just For sure. I love how how he just continues to fight and keeps his head positive even when he's going through a really tough battle. Yes. Just, just love him and, you know, want, want Ron and Gary to both be around for many, many years to come. Amen to that. So there you have it. That's your episode of Decibel Geek bringing you the new noise this week. Sorry we're a little late, but we're doing our best. Rockin' Pod's coming up right around the corner. Oh, here's a cool piece of news. Remember way back when we told you we were partnering up with Pantheon Podcasts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really paid off because now Pantheon is a huge part of Rockin' Pod as well. Yep, they are now the title sponsor for the event. I'm excited to work with those guys. Yeah, we're very proud to be a part of Pantheon Podcasts, as are all the other music podcasts that that group supports. Get out there and check them all out, Pantheon Podcasts. They got a whole great roster. We're a part of it, so that's a good thing for you because you know that if we're a part of it, there's other great shows on there as well. So check out their roster. I'm sure you're going to find all kinds of stuff you love. We love Pantheon Podcasts, and we love you guys. But for this week... That's going to wrap it up. So we're getting out of here with some Resistant Bite. Yeah, let's play some new music from Resistant Bite and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.